Welcome to the Retrospect Podcast, a show where people come together from different walks of life and discuss a topic from their generation's perspective. My name is Ian, and as always, I'm joined by Stoney. Hello. And Jason. Hello, everyone. Stoney wanted me to introduce him first today, so I just <laughs> wanted to go ahead and call, call him out for that today. And then, well, um, I missed about a month, and it seems like y'all forgot uh, me. Well, for a I, sorry, I, I got into a new ry- rhythm, uh-huh. and it's hard for me to break sure. it. Out. So we got a very special guest here. So why don't you guys roll out the red carpet for him? Yeah, uh, I've got a, a, a good friend of mine uh, by the name of Todd Terrell, who is uh, the president and founder of the United Cajun Navy. Welcome, Todd. Yes. Welcome. Thank, Thank you for y'all. coming Thank out, for taking the long me. drive out here to the studio and seeing <laughs> yeah. us. And it's in the boondock. <laughs> Thank you for coming out here and, and sharing what you do with us. I, I think we're going to help a lot of people understand what the Cajun Navy is, maybe how it came about, and what y'all are doing now. Okay. I, I'm, I'm excited about this episode. Yeah, I've always been interested in how the whole Cajun Navy got started. I, I remember, uh, you know, the, the the term come about during the Katrina era if i if i recall right but now todd you are the original founder of the real cajun navy the original yeah. cajun navy right? you know it is there's so many different stories about that mm-hmm. as time went on and social media came about and different things we were not into social media like some of the newcomers were okay you know, our thing was more of we were out there helping save lives and stuff mm-hmm. um and you know my family was in the seafood business so we had a lot of connections with boats and stuff they just called us Cajun Navy. Mm-hmm. I remember we got a proclamation from uh, Governor Blanco at the time, Kathleen Blanco, saying thanks for being a part of the Cajun Navy, and it was in quotation marks. And um, from there, I didn't know you had to go get paperwork done and stuff on there. We were just out helping people. Right. You know? So we were there during Katrina, and it was some of the roughest times of my life. If I, I can't remember the, the senator's name, but there was a senator that think things were just hell after Nick Katrina. Rosette. Huh? Nick. Okay. And he came out and said, we need civilians to help out. And I, I read an article a while, you know, after that happened, he said, I was expecting 20 to 30 boats to show up. And he said, 350 boats showed up. That was amazing. That's correct. Kind of gives you hope for the humanity, doesn't it? The, the good thing about it was we were inside when those boats showed up. I okay. think the original number that we saw was 117. Mm-hmm. And I never forget they deputized everybody pretty much that were going in. Wow. We were in there already with uh, General Lonnery, Russell Lonnery. Yep. He was a Joint Task Force Katrina. Well, you know, he, he was, was awesome, wasn't he? He was amazing. Yeah, he was, he was a mess. Uh, and, and he put a, a National Guardsman with a rifle on every one of our boats. Okay. And that's how bad it was. We were getting shot at. Um, as, as everyone knows, it was 1,800 and something people that died, you know, some of them drowned, you know, some of them were, were medical issues. And unfortunately, a lot of people were shot. Um, wow. and you know, um, a lot of people know from the Superdome stuff that was going on, it was just mass chaos mm-hmm. in there and the darkness in there and the ceiling falling down. Um, there was a lot of unfortunate rapes going on and there was nobody to help because there was a lot of gangs going on in there. And you couldn't really stop anybody from doing anything because you were out, you were overpowered. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people have, you know, when you have gangs and drug dealers in neighborhoods, you know, there's like turf wars going on. And over there, they had no drugs. They had no money. They had no customers because everybody was, was, they'd lost everything. Right. So it was, it was mass hysteria for a good seven to 10 days. Mm. That time was such chaos. Yes. You know, I, I just remember just the lines of t- traffic just in the area where I live, just the streets being completely 
at a standstill. I, it's almost like an apocalyptic, war, you know, like yeah. a movie. I mean, mm-hmm. you, yeah. I remember just coming out of my neighborhood and and just looking and like there's just lines of cars and they're all over the place. They're stopped. Nobody can move anywhere. They're all trying to get gasoline because they're all coming in from all these affected areas. And it, it was like they're walking. Or, I mean, it was just, it was crazy. I mean, it was absolutely nuts at that time. And, uh, you know, thank God they're people who who kind of answered the bell, so to speak, mm-hmm. that, you know, and and went out there because, you know, the government was overwhelmed. Yeah. I mean, that's it, it shows you the inherent limitations of government. I mean, that really, that really, and you think about it, that was just Katrina. As bad as that was, that was a small area. How about if all of a sudden you've got multiple areas Mm -hmm. like that? Like that's happening right now. We got stuff happening in California. We got stuff happening in Hawaii. We got stuff happening in Florida right now. It's, uh, sadly to me, the government is not the answer. Um, The government is not here to solve our problems. The Cajun Navy seems like it found a niche and started helping people no matter what, no matter what the situation, no matter what it is. I found out something today. And I, I, I mean, everybody knows I had my accident and I kind of been out of touch a little bit, but I found out today that the Cajun Navy is in Hawaii. Yes. Can you tell us yeah. about what y'all are doing? That is a wow. That's, I mean, a, that's, that's, a, that's amazing. So Hawaii was, of course, Hawaii is part of the United States. Sure. You know, and, um, when we found out what was going on over there, immediately our, we have a mass casualty chaplain and a mass casualty counselor that um, is part of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and our main guy, Tony Dickey, he's uh, 35 years um, Alabama State Police. And um, he's also with the Franklin Graham uh, Ministries, mm-hmm. and he also works with the Red Cross as a minister. Um, he know he goes over there, and he knows how to deal with families when sometimes there's no closure. And sometimes closure is no closure. And he knows how to work with the families and the parents and stuff. What's going on in Hawaii is, you know, you have you have loved ones that you lost. They're in the rubble. You'll never find them. Some of them jumped into the ocean and drowned. You lost all your houses. You lost everything. You don't have a phone. You don't have your money. You don't have a mailbox. You know, you have nothing. So we're able to go over there and send him over there um, and, and help these people out. Right. Um, he came back from uh, Uvalde school shooting last year. You know, he did the mass casualty stuff over there. Um, and the Miami building collapsed because in Miami there was a lot of people that were never found, unfortunately, mm-hmm. because of the collapse. So, um, and there's so much in Hawaii because it's a resort town, and the show goes on in some mm-hmm. of the surrounding villages and all, and, and right. islands over there, you know. But I want to get back to something we were talking about, Katrina, because sure. this is important. A lot of people don't know about this. 2004, there was a Hurricane Pam, and I don't know if you heard about that before. Hurricane Pam was a state. Um, it was a, it was like a preparedness plan that they did. It was the worst disaster that our country was having, like disasters all over the state, 15 foot of water in the city. And it was a plan that the state did in 2004 called Hurricane Pam. And it was supposed to be the worst disaster that we hit, how we would handle it. Fast forward a year later and Hurricane Katrina, Hurricane Katrina. So when you go back to the government and you go back to things, you can only plan for so much, mm-hmm. you know. But this thing here, the millions of dollars they spent on this plan, it looks like nobody was paying attention. Nobody was in school the day they were doing this plan out, you know. So if you ever look into it, Hurricane Pam, two thousand and four. Okay, it was a it was a 
I still think Katrina is the costliest U.S. disaster. I believe. I I, I think I saw a chart just recently on that, uh, which is actually pretty incredible since... I mean Katrina. That was that's been a while back now. Yeah, yes. no. we've had a lot of disasters. You look we've at the money. A, a very very short then. term after that, the little half a one cat hurricane that went to New York. They tried to bill as the storm the of the storm century. Sandy. Yeah, yeah. Storm Sandy, oh my yeah. god! Well, it will, uh, they oh, tried to bill that and it just didn't. Well, a lot of people also forget about Rita. Rita, because Rita hit yes. right yeah. after Katrina. Yes. It, yep. I believe it went uh, around uh, Lake Charles area, mm-hmm. if I if I recall right. Well, you know, when you, you get back to the Hurricane Pam, where you had your your, you know, your planning that the state was doing. We had over two hundred school buses and and city buses that that flooded in New Orleans. They didn't get them up on the interstate. They didn't get them up on that elevated portion. So that was a big reason why a lot of people drowned. You know, they had no way to get the buses out because the buses were all flooded. So if you rewind to Hurricane Pam and that that disaster preparedness plan, they should have had that in 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 plan. So that's when the Cajun Navy really became a portion because of some of the failed issues that the government didn't do, and that's why they needed us. Okay. Look like Ian was going to say something right quick. Oh, uh, just can you believe that Katrina was almost 20 years ago? I know. That's crazy. what I'm saying. I mean, for, for, for it to still be the costliest U.S. disaster, it's 20 years. We've had a lot of disasters in 20 years. Yes, we have. Can you imagine the dollar value that would be today? Ooh. Well, I'm going to tell you, I mean, that's, uh, you know, I, I, I remember talking to some people actually from from Miami, and I still don't think people really understand the scope of what that disaster was. You know, I try to tell them, I said, imagine Miami, Florida, yeah. underwater. Mm-hmm. And, and, and once they kind of start thinking about what that looks like, you know, because no one else has ever experienced that. Right. Well, I mean, they really the year before it. Katrina, Florida had five hurricanes. One of them hit them twice. But I don't think they had the... the it wasn't as bad. It wasn't a it, Katrina. But when you have that many storms coming one after the other, oh, after it was, the other, after the other, that's a mess. Yeah, yes, that, that you, you're right. Their cities, though, don't seem to be as vulnerable to... What New Orleans oh, is vulnerable yeah. to? Yeah. I, I just Miami might be. I, but, I don't know yeah. where Miami sits as New far Orleans sea level is a bowl or not. It's, and, it's six foot below sea level, surrounded yeah. by levee. Yeah, and, and Baton Rouge pump, is getting just as bad now. And you know, a lot of the pumps in New Orleans aren't working. Well, they failed. Know that. And Katrina, they failed during the, Katrina. The cows too. and the human bodies were getting wedged into the pumps and stopped the pumps well, from working, and well, that made it even worse. I had heard that the reason. The pumps failed in Katrina. And now I don't know if this story is true or not, but when the evacuation order went out, the people that were supposed to actually activate the pumps evacuated. That's correct. That's mm-hmm. a true story. So that is true. That's okay, true well, then that, then that, then, which doesn't make sense to me. And the same thing I have heard with the bus, the buses. Mm-hmm. That's why there were all these buses sitting around with no drivers because. They sent everybody out of the city, and it's like, that's not what this was supposed to be. You keep your essential people back, make sure you do what you got to do, and but that didn't happen. It, there's a lot of things that um, had happened that... Was, uh, was, <laughs> there's a lot of judgment uh, calls that were made. Uh, unfortunately, it was a, a lot of bad calls. Unfortunately, Katrina and things like Katrina... They bring out the best, obviously. Yep. We have somebody sitting here that brings out the best, but it also brings out the worst in people, too. And that's unfortunate. 
Um, but I, I want to talk about some of the good stuff. Yeah. What? What? Yeah. Have you met and run into anybody that you helped in Katrina? Yes. And see, I want to. I want to. I want to know about that a little bit. I can tell you some stories. Um, there was a an elderly black couple, and they had sat on the side of their house uh, on the overhang of their porch mm-hmm. for two days. And uh, they had some snakes and spiders in there. They were tore up pretty good. This guy had a bite on him, looked like a bowling ball. Oh, and uh, they were there for two days before we came and got them. And we felt bad because we didn't have room in the boat, so we gave them some, some medicine and some water, and we came back and got them. And it was about 10 years later. Actually, I ran into them in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And the guy came up to me and cried, and, and he had a little grandbaby. And uh, he showed me his scar on his leg where he had to have all the stuff cut out from the, from the, the snake. And he said that... Um, you know, he just couldn't, he couldn't imagine, especially a white person coming into the hood and saving him, mm-hmm. especially like we did. I'll tell you another story. Um, you know, we've got some really crazy stories. We've had two instances during uh, Harvey and one during Katrina where the parents were dead in the house and the babies were babies in the crib in three foot of water. And we had to get a plastic Rubbermaid tote and float them out. Oh, my. And, um, you know, we ran into those, you know, they were teenagers, you know, a few years ago. Um, one story that really kicks out recently from Hawaii is there was an 88 year old lady and she jumped into the ocean to escape the fire. Couldn't swim, lived in Hawaii all her life. And when they asked her, you know, what did she think about it? And she says she was crying and she says she lived all her life, went to church, prayed, believed in God, did the right thing, raised some good kids. She said she had thought she died and went to hell and she couldn't understand it. Um, and so when you hear these stories like that, it really, really, it, it's, it's surreal about how, you know, life can be so short. And also to think about these poor old people that go all these years and then, like this lady, she thought she was in hell, you know. So we run into people all the time. Uh, we had some people in 2016 that were elderly that we rescued, and then they stay in touch with us all the time. Um, there's, a, there's a couple of military veterans that are in their 90s that uh, we rescued, and they stay up with us all the time. So it's pretty cool to go back and see people that you've actually helped save their lives. Right. You, you've, you've affected people's lives. You, you, and some you, of these people we could have left behind. Mm-hmm. I mean, these, these older people, we could have left them behind, but, you know, we, we risked our lives to, to go back in and get them. Mm-hmm. Uh, during Katrina, I almost lost my leg. We, I had an infection so bad that um, we found a hose pipe, and I found some Bactroban in somebody's house that was torn up, and we found some saran wrap, and we poured the Bactroban on it and wrapped it in saran wrap. And uh, two days later, it looked like a cow leg or, or elephant leg. It was so big. So, you know, we risk our lives sometimes, but, you know, I believe God protects us, you know, and I think there's people to help. Wow. Mm. That's, <laughs> That's incredible. I mean, Man. gee. I That's, remember going into some uh, areas during Harvey and Katrina, and uh, these were some bad areas. You wouldn't go in there in the daytime on a, on a Sunday. And uh, we told the people, get in the boat with us. And uh, they were looking at us like we were crazy. And, uh, you know, we, we get in the boat with us. These were some bad gangsters. And mm-hmm. I'll never forget some of them we had in the boat with us, and they stared at us the whole time. I don't know what they thought we were going to do with them, but we were just trying to help them, mm-hmm. you know. Well, they're so, not – They're not. They their world is completely shattered. And, that's and right. here you're this outsider coming in. They don't trust you to begin with. Right. And so – but, you know, hey, that's how bridges are, are made. And who knows? Exactly. May, who knows? Maybe that may have done something – Maybe change the way they thought about certain things, mm-hmm. you know. So, yep. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's crazy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, what else is going on in Hawaii? You know, I mean, is there any? Well, you know, a lot of rumors about how the fire started. 
Um, yeah, kind of what is the, the on-the-ground talk right now over there? I mean— You know, I don't get into conspiracy theories, but I can tell you this much. The way the facts are looking, it looks like there was some electrical problems with some of the lines. You know, it looks like some of the lines were either intentionally cut or, or left down. And, and, you know, there's a lot of weird pictures out there and stories out there that there was a lot of fires around down power lines. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, of course, you hear these stories about, you know, Oprah Winfrey and all these other people wanting to buy up the island and, and buy up the houses. And then you see all these people, if your houses have been burned in Hawaii, uh, Maui and you don't want to go back, we'll buy the houses. There's a lot of rumors about stuff, you know, and sometimes it's extrapolating what's true and what's not, mm-hmm. you, you know. And then you look at some of the pictures where you have a house that was not touched and everything around it is just just fried and leveled, you know. So it kind of makes you wonder about what really happened over there. Right. I don't think we'll really ever know. Well, if we, we have any more people there, could you get me some pictures, anything blue that's left untouched, please? Because I have some <laughs> thoughts on the do system that I would like to mock. I am a conspiracy theorist. And um, uh, I, I have a feeling that the due system was used and the due system is the, um, you know, a very bad laser satellite system and uh, blue is not harmed by the laser. That's correct. And, um, and there's a lot of blue cars. I love the picture of the, the umbrellas that's left up there. And some of the houses miraculously in the last year have been painted blue. Oprah Winfrey's being one of them. And, you know, the garbage cans, the blue garbage cans mm-hmm. that are around there. I got to be careful what I say right now because I don't have anything blue on and I'm scared. That, and that just, just for the record here, I would like to say on the air that none of us are suicidal. None of us are planning on committing suicide in the future. So um, if it happens, please, you know, contact my friends at <laughs> law enforcement and let them know I did not commit suicide. Hopefully none of us are our targets of uh, that sort of uh, activity, but you never know in today's today's world. On, on your feedback, um, or, or with with this Hawaii situation, or, or I mean, I imagine people are completely devastated. Is there any hope over there right now? Is there anything? It, because you hear all of this stuff, even like um, FEMA not letting helpful. When I found out y'all were there, I was like, they're stopping everybody from helping. FEMA's not letting anybody there. Then you find out that they weren't letting anybody leave. Yes. So what we're doing over there with our chaplain, um, he's doing counseling, you Mm -hmm. know, and he's helping people with families, you know, what they need to do with with funerals and stuff. Because like I said, sometimes closure is no closure. And when you have a loved one that's lost in a fire and there's no hope of getting them out, you might not even know where they're at. They might have drowned. Um, You know, you just need to help the families. Mm-hmm. FEMA and the government is not set up for those kind of things. No, you would think not. they would be, um, just like with the Red Cross. I mean, they're they're made to go in there and do their little thing and, and kind of get out. You know, um, they offered everybody seven hundred dollars. You know, I heard the that. family seven hundred dollars. I mean, that's kind of a offered seven hundred dollars for what? Their house, their house, everything. Mm-hmm. That's that's the amount of money they were given to help them in this situation. Yes. Offered, not given, offered to them. And you look at the people on that island; it's not that many compared to seven hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, I, I would. I mean, what is the the the, the casualty? Do we, do we know a number? Because I remember the interview with the the mayor or the governor of Hawaii. Or didn't know or did he? Seemed, it's over hundred. He seemed it's, pretty clueless when. Well, they yeah. expected to be around eighteen hundred, but right now they're saying it's between a hundred and hundred and fifty. And the reason they're saying that is because that's how many bodies they've actually found. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have people missing and there's no body found, they don't count that as a death. What? Well, I mean, from, would they be burned up? 
or you like the ones that jumped in the ocean and jumped in the ocean or if you got a bunch of rubble you know you can't go through that rubble it says so far 115 people have been declared dead that uh, means they in, found them in connection yeah. with the fires. Now the, the the schools over there, we're doing a lot with the schools with with supplies and stuff. There's over three thousand people or kids registered to schools, and I think only like either four to six hundred have actually gone back to schools. So there's no clarification on where the twenty four hundred are. So that's why they're thinking there's a lot more dead, especially children. Wow, yeah, that's horrible. Now they also had some reports of the Marines going in to supposedly help and finding over 282 bullet-riddled bodies. Have you heard anything? Has anybody come to you with something like that? We've heard about it. Um, unfortunately, there's not much we can do about that. Right. You know, um, we've heard the stories. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure where, you know, where that's going or what happened. Um, well, FEMA wasn't know. letting people leave. They that's were correct. giving directives not to leave. And then when you look back over the last time that the government decided to buy a lot of ammo— to make the shortage of the Second Amendment ammo in America, uh, FEMA bought over 750 million rounds of ammunition. And you're wondering, why would FEMA do that? Why would health and hospitals need 500 million rounds of ammunition? IRS. The IRS. Now, of course, they're coming out with 87,000 new armed agents, and you have to wonder what's going on there. So when you hear this kind of thing and you've got 1,000 FEMA agents Already in Hawaii before the incident in $2,000 room hotels instead of going to the $250 room hotels. And then all of a sudden you start hearing stuff like this. This makes me do the old Arsenio Hall thing, things that make you go, hmm. Yes, that's This makes me go, hmm, because I want to know what's going on. Yeah, there's, I mean, mean, Todd, it's... You know, then you see people like You got to know, I mean... And then you hear like Oprah Winfrey going over there, you know, why all of a sudden did she just pop her head over there in Hawaii when there's all kind of other stuff going on? Well, she's over the last two or three years, she's bought over a thousand acres in in that same area. So is Jeff Bezos. So has a couple of other of these billionaires. And in our last episode, um, we had our hundredth episode we recorded that dropped yesterday. Um, We talked about things about that and how far away Hawaii is from America with the shits hitting the fan here in America that, and they want to start the first AI uh, self-sustaining city in Maui. That's correct. I mean, but I think it's also probably just rich people not understanding, um, not understanding a con- like a, the context of the situation, just capitalizing on mm-hmm. that. I think that's more so what uh, it is. Probably. Well, well, rich I, people I, are going to be the ones that go. I, only rich people I, are going to be able I, I to think, buy here and come here. I think people of that in that level of society, just like I mentioned, I believe in last episode, their interaction with the government is completely different. I, 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 yeah, I'm not saying Absolutely. I'm not saying that I you're, mean, I, you're wrong. But I'm, I, I do think that more so what it is, is if if, a, if an island paradise was to all of a sudden go under and, of course, everyone's evacuating and, like, there's going to be a whole new fresh start, I it doesn't surprise me that the wealthiest of wealthy people are buying up the island paradise, you know, stuff so that way they can sell it later for profit, like... I mean, you're right. It could be a, a, a special oasis for the rich elite, but I really don't think so. I really think it's they're just buying up all that land so that way whenever it grows back over, they can build their nice hotels on it. And before you know it, they're, you know, 
Oh, there's already the plan for the city. The the city, they they tried to buy these properties from these people a year and a half ago, and they said no. And so, you know, the the city's already in the planning stage. Right. Well, you know, the EMA director quit. He resigned Mm -hmm. from over there. And there was a lot of rumors about the the fire, the the warning system that was going off, Mm -hmm. where they didn't cut the, they didn't cut the, you know, the warning system off. And his word for that was he didn't want everybody panicking and going towards the sirens or going towards the fire. And, I mean, you know, common sense tells you if you hear the warrants going off, look outside and see the smoke, don't go to it. Right. right. You know, so that story wasn't plausible. So he, he resigned pretty good, um, he, they said, because of the pressure. And, and if, you know, if we got a government official that's resigning over pressure from a disaster, we got the wrong people in there. Yes, we did. Well, who was the chief of police? You know That's who the correct. chief of police was, right? I don't believe I do. Oh, the same guy that was the chief of police in the Las Vegas shooting oh, that covered correct. it up. He was the chief of police in Maui who they had just gotten rid of the director and given him a $50,000 bonus. Is that to cover up another one? I should have worn my blue outfit today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about starting to paint all my vehicles blue. I think uh, Hottie Doctor and I are going to get one of those blue uh um, roofs for our um, our house. And, uh, does it matter what kind of blue? It, it's it a, cobalt blue. You need to be as close to cobalt blue as you can. Okay. I love how now it, when you can you're going to be able to drive around and tell who the conspiracy theory theorists are. He's going to drive around and go like, oh yeah, that he, yeah, he's yeah, wearing blue. Uh, I, I, I'm, he I'm has a blue sitting, roof on his house. Look at him go. I'm scared of sitting next to Jason with his bald head. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll bounce off. Me. It'll reflect. Yeah. <laughs> it'll reflect. Uh, no, it, it'll it, reflect back out in the atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so there's no telling what happened. I don't think we'll ever know the story. I don't know about what happened. I agree with you 100. percent You know, those are some. Not. You know, Hawaii has a lot of culture and a lot of history, and I mean, they're different than us over here. But but God bless them. I mean, it's it's just uh, it's a shame. Yes, it you know, is. I just, I just feel like like this same thing would happen if like, uh, if a catastrophe was to happen in like another big, like a big area like that that's so iconic. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like if something in like Los Angeles or in Europe I mean, or somewhere in like in Europe or, um, or in New York even like if something like. Tra- tragic was to happen. I wouldn't be surprised if like Jeff Bezos was like, or you know, like people like that that just like jump on that the uh, put the, that like the opportunity to um, to to make more money. Obviously, you know uh, what I'm I saying? mean, like, I, I, I think like. at that level. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Ian. I, I mean, you're, you're right. I mean, I'm not, I, look, I know you. I know you don't really kind of go down that rabbit hole as much as we right. do, and and and. I, we like the rabbit hole. I, don't well, we, I, I think there's reason why we feel that way because maybe we've just seen more uh, to kind of make us think that there's something else going on. Right. But I, I mean, I, depends I, on the disaster. Now, right. I mean, think about it. I mean, all these disasters: flood, you know, tornado, uh, you know, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. earthquake, um, fire. The only one that to me would be the real challenge. And I don't know how, and 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 Todd, you may y'all may have discussed this already, you know, amongst your group, and how your group would respond. What about if it's a nuclear? Yeah, yeah, and that's. I mean, if it's a radiological event, where now we can't go in there, right? The whole area is is completely just off limits, right? I mean, that brings up a good point. You know, when you talk about the government versus groups like Cajun Navy, people don't trust the government. You know, and we have a lot of reasons to not trust the government, you know. And when you look at a lot of the things that are going on, like the Las Vegas school shooting, they never did tell us the whole story about that. We never did find out what went on. 
you know, you look at the, 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 as Trump would say, the China balloons. You know, nobody ever told us what happened there. Mm-hmm. All we know is there was a bunch of Chinese balloons that flew over our country. So nobody has trust in the government because either they're hiding something from us or they just don't know. Mm-hmm. And either way, that's scary. As citizens, that is scary. Well, one of the things here recently is that a lot of people have been talking about climate control and the fact that they have proven that fossil fuels aren't really what's hurting the climate right now. Greece has just arrested 20-something people for starting fires claiming climate control. How many other people have been arrested across Europe? And I think it's around 100. I wish I, brought, I, thought, I wish we were going down this road because I, I have a climate control packet that I'm working on right. that people are being arrested for starting fires to prove that the world is warming up and it's causing fires. America has arrested a few too. Well, yeah, the, the fires out in West in Louisiana, they were, it's arson. It's arson. You look it up. Yeah, they, they yep. had, and I don't want to say exactly what started because people will be listening the next thing you know, mm-hmm. they'll be, you know, throwing rolls of toilet paper in the woods. But, right. You know, um, is that the, is that what the latest is mm-hmm. on the fires? I believe yes. it's in, was it Beauregard? I think I saw in the news. Sabine yep. Parish, Beauregard Parish, Parish yep. yeah, DeRitter, you know, all yeah. up in there, Maryville, Singer. Uh, it was arson, mm-hmm. you know, and, there's so many crazy people in the world nowadays, and I mean, I don't mean that in a in a bad way. It's just well, no, there, there is a lot of crazy. people right. Well, let's out just there. say there's I mean, crazy people out there. Yeah, you know, and, it's, and, it's people just capitalizing, I think, on an unfortunate situation, and that, and, that, and that's I again, I'm just trying to be devil's advocate and have a difference of opinion. I'm not saying that that there isn't probably some kind of like nefarious relationship with the government that the rich elite probably have. I I do believe there probably is something that I don't know about. But I'm also thinking, like, if I'm if I if I bring them down a peg and make them all just humans, like I am, I feel like it's just they're insensitive people that are just capitalizing on an unfortunate situation. Well, what what I can do for you is, is I'll give you the, Jer- the Jeffrey Epstein oh, I, list. I'm not, I, I can give you right. the list of people, I, and you'll look at it. right. it's politicians I'm not, and these same stars. You're right, and I'm not going to sit here and I'm not I'm not going to jump down the rabbit hole. But like I I agree with you. There are probably there are suspicious stuff happening out there that is outside of my control and I will never understand because I'll never be connected with that. But what I'm saying is, like, I mean, like, yes, if you think on a human level, there probably is nefarious stuff out there. But it, I, I think at its core fundamentals, I think it is people that are just trying to make money is what it always is, I think. I mean, and, and now again, there could be bigger plans in the future for something bigger, but that's what it feels I, I, like I'm to me. I'm telling you, I, 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 I mentioned this in the last, also last, our last episode. I just feel like there's something different. Society <laughs> has changed. Something is just different yes. about America now. And I, I don't, I, as I say, there's no way, I, I can't put my finger on it and say that's it or or that's it. It's I just put my this finger feeling. on it last episode. I, I know you did. But I, I, feel like Elmer Fudd, I feel like Elmer Fudd with the rabbit hole thing. <laughs> you know, you know I, I feel just, like I'm sitting with a gun waiting for somebody to come out. I the mean, hole. I, I'm, I'm just, I feel like there's just things are just not right. And you know, when it started, I believe a lot of it started with social media. I well, that was I think social media is the greatest thing in the world. It's the worst thing in the world. Right. Well, we went and, through and, that cyber stalking a few years ago. Yep. We were fighting it, and I said it in court. And it, they, there's a lot of articles that that quoted me. It's like fighting a boogerman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't even I don't even know who these people were. I mean, you know, yeah. it's just well, like there's a catfished. lot of people out there with huge internet balls. 
Uh-huh. That oh, wouldn't yeah. do that if they were standing right in front of you. Oh, but they're, the they're sitting behind that computer on the little keyboard and they can say they can be who they want to be and say what they want to say. We fought one of them. Well, we got some protective orders and there's a lot of some things I can't say. We were fighting people that had over 200 aliases. Mm-hmm. So you think you got 200 people coming after you and you just got one, one mm-hmm. knucklehead, you know, and they've got you can you can go buy a profile on social on Facebook, for instance, that's 10, 15 years old, you know, and it makes it look like you've got an ex- existing account. Mm-hmm, you know, right. so social media has been the greatest thing. It's been the worst thing. And right now with AI, you know, a lot of the stuff coming out about the next election and there's something out there right now. You can go Google Trump Biden AI debate and they're actually you can read their lips. It looks like they're talking bad about each other. And it's called a DPAC. Yes. It's called a DPAC. Yes. And I think that's going to be a big problem coming up for the next election, too, is, is this. You know, you're not going to you're not going to believe what you're going to what you're going to see. Um, well, if it, I'm going to tell you, if we if we're going to devolve into that where you're not going to believe better believe it, then whole everything is just going to start falling apart. Because mm-hmm. if we can't trust, you know, some basic fundamental mm-hmm. things, then, I, you know, it, it's over I, with, fellas. I mean, it's 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 done. I hate to say I told you so, but I've been talking about AI being a problem for well, how long? Four months down? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's not, not no, just no, AI. No, I, no, no. I know but what you're right. Todd's you're talking right. about, and that that is a deep hack. That is beyond you AI. You call that, that, what do you call it, deep hack? Deep hack. Deep hack. hack. Yes, okay. That's a deep hack. Okay, and but what I'm, I'm not even talking about. I, I'm just I, that's what I'm saying. It's like it, it, that is the beginning. That is the slippery slope that will then that mm-hmm. is then going to in a few months when the election comes around. I, I the thing is like like I'm having a hard time like believing if pictures are real now or or if if, well, if things you oh, are absolutely right stuff. So it's absolutely. Like, I, I'm hearing now that that there's right. gonna be another strain of COVID and it's fixing to be worse than the one before. <laughs> and we're well, gonna be already, right back. We're gonna be right planning. back to where we were back in. 2020. You, or, you can look yeah. at the government, and they're already planning. And this is not a, a debate. This is not somebody. This is not conspiracy. They're already planning to have the mask mandates back by Thanksgiving, with a complete COVID shutdown by the first of the year. Oh, gee. I mean, that's yeah. You know, now, I, I don't think know, it's going to happen I'm, this time because they just, just had 14 states pass the anti-vax um, mandate and say it's illegal. I have a hard time feeling so. that it's going to. Um, well, but you know, not, with but COVID, and you know, you had all these government programs where they gave people to pay them to not work, and 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 this, that, and the other, and and we've created a generation now that is just doesn't want to work. Yeah, right. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. This crazy. is this is something. Now we just it, spoke about COVID, and I was reading a couple of articles about um, the Cajun Navy. Y'all have been helping people out with COVID and COVID supplies and and things like that, yeah. also, haven't y'all? Yes. So two years ago. We, we got in gazillions and millions of masks. People, people trust us with donations to give mm-hmm. out. And um, we gave away so many masks um, and sanitizer, you know, a couple years ago. The problem was some of the masks and all we were giving away were government-funded programs that almost looked like you were wearing a pair of underwear on your head. Okay. So, you know, and a lot of people didn't know about stuff. Hanes and some big companies were making masks out of scraps. They really wasn't doing anything to protect people. Right. You know, so, you know, we kind of got into a situation where we didn't know we were going with the government told us, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's when we really realized that something ain't right here, you know, but hand sanitizer was and and disinfectant was some of the main things that we really got into because that's something with alcohol in it. You know, everybody needs. Sure. What's happening now with school kids and LSU, especially all of a sudden COVID is on is on the rise. Mm -hmm. You know, you got it's hot. 
you know, nobody wants to go outside and work anymore. You mm-hmm. know, they're staying in the air conditioning. They're sweating. They're snotty. They open in the handle. So, you know, back in the day, it used to be the cold. You know, you, your mom or your daddy, your grandma or whatever would say, wash your hands, you know, don't touch your nose, don't touch nobody's hands. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like we've gone away from that. Right. You know, common sense tells you just just be careful, mm-hmm. you know, uh, grocery baskets and stuff, you know, and so many people are just nasty nowadays. Right. You, know, you go in these stores and you see the plastic thing up there between your cashier and you, and it, it looks like a hundred people didn't sneezed on it and nobody cleaned it off, mm-hmm. you know. So a lot of stuff that we're dealing with, too, is just basic hygiene. Well, that's not, that's not really taught very much anymore. Well, that's what happened I mean, with the plague and all of these things. When when people started talking about let's just be more hygienic, and then you'd solve this, and then they'd go right back to it, and something else would hit them. That's correct. The, the, the flu. How many forty million people died of the flu? What, what when was that, baby? When did all them people die because of the flu? You know about all this sp- stuff. Talk about the Spanish flu? Yeah, the Spanish oh, flu. Oh, it was like 1918 or 19, something? 1912, yeah, I believe. They, they, I think it was 1912. Yeah, but you 30 know million did? people died. You know how they cured that? Ian, look that up real oh, well, quick. I think it's 1918. They told people be sanitized. You know how they stopped that from what I'm hearing? They put hospitals. The they, Spanish flu. Outside. Yeah. They put hospital beds outside, and they put mm-hmm. tents outside. Mm-hmm. And the sun cured them. I mean, it got them away from inside. Yeah. You know? Um but, you know, we've created another thing, getting back to social media. 1918. Okay, 1918. 1918. Yeah. yeah. And it said it ended Jason, in 1920. Jason, you showing your age. You, you, we <laughs> what, what month was it? Uh, February. What time of day was it? Jason, what time of day was it? You know, you're I don't old know when you that. say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just oh, remember uh, 1918. You know, so, I, right. I'm going to say something kind of funny now. This... Um, Todd, I'll, you know, hopefully you'll you'll be one of our avid listeners now, and you'll start listening when you're driving and flying around. But this is the second show in a row that Jason has not had a stack three inches of information <laughs> yeah. in front of him right. and research and books and everything else. So, well, I'm just trying to. Y'all got me drinking this coffee. I don't drink coffee, so uh, I'm trying to figure out what's in that coffee. So, <laughs> this yeah. is actually. And I'm gonna give it, our, is, a little. It, is that yeah? Go ahead. This Sony. is this is uh, Volcanica Coffee Company. <laughs> this is Kopi Luwak. This is what we affectionately call poo poo coffee on the show. It's actually eaten by the civets and pooped out. And then they process the coffee just like they do because it's in a cherry. And they pull the bean out and the enzymes of it do something to it. And it's actually, we think, we like it. Is, is it, it yeah, it's, it's, it is the most expensive coffee in the world. So yes. you're right now drinking the most expensive cup of coffee Well, I in the can world. take it this much. I put about 20 sugar cubes in it and all I taste is coffee still. So there you go. All right. It's, it's strong. Is it at least good? It's at least good I, though, I, right? The last right. sip I had was about two minutes ago and I still got the caffeine taste. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, there we go. I'm not going to sleep for a couple of days. There now. you go. Yeah, we, we hopefully one day we'll be able to say Volcanica, the official coffee company of the Retrospect right. podcast. That's right. I can't do that, but I can for sure say we're drinking Kopi Luwak, brought to you by Volcanica. There, there we you go. go. That is, How about so, that? That's uh, <laughs> that, we're not sponsored to say that, but that's that is yeah, that, that right. is a fact. Well, maybe they'll pick it up because we de- we definitely had uh, champagne and last I, episode. I, it was I, very I, nice. I, I was speaking with with Ian before the show, and I'm getting ready to order another bag of uh, of mm. coffee from them. Speaking uh, of Hawaii. Yes, he's talking about it's a Kona, uh, yeah. so uh, Volcanica. Be looking like I'll be yeah. spending some money with y'all soon. So, okay. and what what really sucks about all of this is uh, a little over two months ago, I had an accident and I busted my head and I'm completely deaf in my left ear, and tragically, 
I have no sense of smell or sense of taste right now. <laughs> oh, so I really can and no, no, no. Uh, what's the nerve? The ocular olfactory oh, nerve has either been severed, broken, or whatever. And so now um, all I taste or smell is burnt ass sulfur metal. Burnt, and that's burnt what, ass? Said burnt ass? <laughs> that's, that's what everything tastes yeah. like now. Holy. So um, it's terrible, and I'm not enjoying life right now. Um, this is nuts. Yeah, so I was not able to enjoy the champagne that they oh, got yeah. last week. So we, we had a nice bottle of Vovklico, which, by the way, there's still a little bit in the fridge if you guys <laughs> ah, want. Okay. But it was, uh, yeah. It, we y'all didn't offer them for me. Y'all offered coffee. <laughs> well, I mean, I can, give you, I can get you some if you want. It was our 100th episode, so I felt like I had to make it special. Oh, so, shoot. Well, I have know. to make the 200. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> so is there any other interesting stories that you can share with us about your time now with with the Cajun Navy and, and interesting people you've met and stuff like that. Can you share some of that with us? You know, we've gotten so big with supplies. Um, for instance, Christmas last year, we gave out 165,000 jackets, brand wow. new jackets oh, wow. to people in four That's states, Ukraine and Turkey. Impressive. Um, we gave out 125,000 toys in four states. We have a lot of events that we do where we do fundraisers. We just did a big fundraiser in uh, Vero Beach a couple months ago for some uh, veterans. Um, and then we did a fundraiser two weeks ago, or actually last weekend, where we had a 24-hour bike ride for a group called After the Mission, and they raised money for veterans and law enforcement officers. Because mm. as a lot of people know, Louisiana leads the nation in police officer deaths this year, seven. Um, and we also had two people from uh, Bay St. Louis, uh, police officers, that they were actually murdered. So they were actually there. And uh, these guys rode bikes for, they rode, 24 hours, 265 miles, 250 to 265 miles. They tricked me. So we left Baton Rouge at the state capitol at 12 o'clock, and we went to uh, we went to Walker first and then Albany, and we had about six stops. And I said, you know, I was just getting over COVID myself. And so I said, you know, y'all, let, y'all give me about eight miles, six or eight miles warning before we got to, you know, the Wrigley's from Slidell. And I wasn't paying attention. We was in the chase vehicle behind them in the motorhome, and they said, hurry up and get on the bike, hurry up and get on the bike. So they stopped, pulled the bike out. Well, I rode, it seemed like I'm looking at my watch, it's like 15 minutes. And I said, are we there yet? They said, you got 16 more miles to go. <laughs> I said, oh, no, well, they, yeah. they scammed me. They, uh-huh. they, they, 25 miles I rode. You okay. know? And so uh, we raised money for you know police officers and veterans there after the mission. It was a group. So um, we do a lot of fundraising stuff. Uh, we've actually um, working with a, a couple of big singers. Jelly Roll is one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully we can have a concert with him next year. Um, we've got a couple of things. Uh, there's a guy called uh, Redneck Adventures, Jim Bob Allgood. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got some some shows that we're working, trying to get up in Brandon Amphitheater up in Brandon, Mississippi with some people. So we just do a lot of fundraising for, for, for people. We work with a group called Grandparents Raising Grandchildren. Because that's mm. a big thing in oh, today's yeah. society. Yes, it is. Yeah, that's huge. Um, and just for everybody to know, um, so many grandparents are in their 70s, 80s, and even 90s that are having to raise grandkids nowadays because of incarceration, drugs, or, you know, yeah. single parents. So, you know, can you imagine being an 80-year-old grandparent having to deal with some little snotty-nosed bad kids? And, and mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the grandparents, they got a flip phone if they got a phone. Right. right. You know, the kids are having to have Apple phones, and the next thing you know, the kids get mad and... They run away, they steal, they do drugs or whatever. So that's a big problem in today's society. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing is veterans. You know, there's a lot of veterans that are that are forgotten. You know, uh, we haven't had a, a war in quotation marks in many years. 
you know, and, um, you know, Vietnam and even some of the wars afterwards. It don't even have to be a war. Just the veterans coming back. Um, it's kind of like they're outcast now. We lose, I think, 25 a day to suicide, and that's, that's just unbelievable. God, it's just something. There's just something And that brings going, back a thing last year. Um, I had my first experience with that. We had a we had a veteran. Uh, he's a marine, and, and he's kind of crazy a little bit. Let's just say he's really crazy. Okay, and, um, he came we'll back, that. and uh, he's the one that you know, yeehaw, and, and six foot of water swimming with a horse on his back in the middle of a hurricane. And look what I did! I saved this guy and his two dogs. Well, um, he called me crying, and for, to see this big burly veteran crying mm. and saying, "I just want to tell you, you saved my life." He said, "Thank you. You gave me a purpose." Yeah. And uh, the flip side, two days later, he started drinking again. And next thing you know, they call me saying, you know, he's out of control. So, you know, um, some of these guys and girls went overseas and they fought and they came home and their their spouse left them. The family left them mm-hmm. and, um, and they came home with nothing. And a lot of times we have one one Marine. This guy, he was in Fallujah and he's badass. Um, he came back and he came back to this, you know, and like he was saying is he, he's want to know why he fought for our country to come back to this. You know, after 13 years, things kind of changed a little bit. So we do a lot of that. Um, you know, a lot of orphan kids and stuff um, we deal with. And, you know, getting back to the the single parents right now, a lot of mothers especially that are working two and three jobs, you know, to go give them a jacket for their kids or whatever or, you know, school clothes or whatever, it's a, it's a blessing. So we've been fortunate. Um, a lot of people think it's a Cajun Navy is just somebody that goes and rescues in boats. And, unfortunately, not every storm or, fortunately, every storm doesn't need – a boat rescue. Sure. Hurricane right. Michael was strictly just trees and, right. and chainsaws. That was and a stuff. category five hurricane. Mm-hmm. That was a serious one. And um who I'll never forget that. That, that was, was a Mexico was a Beach. Me- it hit Mexico Beach area. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um we had we have a we have a real ambulance and it's our mobile command, but it's a working ambulance. And I'll never forget I was driving that thing um two days after the storm through Mexico Beach and there was a lady that was stuck in her house for two and a half days and a tree had fallen on her and Gosh. part of the branch was through her and she was almost dead. Oh. And we had these three doctors from John Hopkins mm. Hospital that had flown in, trauma surgeons. And uh, they put her in there, and they, they put a tarp up in there where I couldn't see in the back. And you know me, I was nosy. I kind of pulled the tarp <laughs> back, and all I saw was blood everywhere. And uh, they saved her life. And um, I really saw how these trauma nurses and stuff are really, really needed. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. So what we do is we go in with our own resources. We go in with our own supplies and fuel and medical people because we don't want to be a burden on the system. You know, And a lot of times, first responders... Their houses are in trouble. They have yeah. trees on them. They can't get to work. So the first thing we do is go in there and try to work with first responders and say, okay, how many law enforcement guys you got? Are their houses in trouble? We need to tarp their house. We need to make sure they get to work or we need to make here. Because we're all human, you yeah. know, and, and if you're a police officer and your house is flooded or trees on it and you're at work, you're not really worried about your job. No, you know? you're worried about your house. Yeah, so we go in and, and do that. Um, in Florida, we've really been a big help to Florida with that kind of stuff. Hurricane Michael, AT&T was down. They had mm. no service. So we came in with some whole school flip phone, AT, uh, Verizon phones, and gave it to them. And when you see a police officer that's been 20, 30 years on the force come crying and saying he can't get in touch with his family, he mm. don't know where to go, um, it's, it's real. Yeah. You know? So there's been a lot of things through the years that we've learned. Um, you know, when you talk about the government, you know, we try to get along with them. Um, FEMA wants everybody to take these certification classes and different things like that, and, and sometimes they're needed. But reality is the government has their way of doing things, and our way of doing things is... is to- you know, well, the private world and the government yes, world the are government totally world two different animals. The government world and the private animals. world, never, never, it, it never, never fits. And, and I've had them say, we don't have this certification to run a pod, which is a point of distribution. 
we have 18 wheelers coming in with, with toiletries and personal mm -hmm. items and toilet paper and stuff. And they're going to sit there and say, because we don't have a certification, we can't give out stuff. You know, so we'll just go set up at a church or something somewhere. And, yeah. and next thing you know, you know, yeah, everybody's always, coming to you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. The government is good at giving out water and MREs and ice. Right. That's what they're good at during a disaster. So like I tell everybody, you know, don't don't count on FEMA to, to rebuild your house. It's not going to happen. Mm. No. You know, not going to happen. No, Miranda was telling me um, that when uh, um, I guess it was the flood came, she flooded and y'all came and saved her and got her and her family out. But the Red Cross came in and they weren't letting other supplies come in. They were refusing to let anybody in this area, FEMA and the Red Cross and everything. And then they were giving out two chicken nuggets, a scoop of red beans and a roll. And that's what they're expecting people to live on. Yeah, and you and, know, and that's just ridiculous to me. We try to coexist with everybody, and you know, not not. I don't try to bash anybody. Or whatever. Sure, I can tell you during the 2016 flood, uh, we were bringing everybody to the Celtic Center over mm -hmm. there by Costco. Yep, and we had nowhere else to bring them. I mean, and and we brought thousands of people over there. Next thing you know, we're bringing these people there, and they're hungry. They have nothing to eat. Right. Next thing you know, you know, background is seafood business and restaurants. Mm -hmm. We call some caterers and stuff, and said, "Hey, we need some food." Next thing you know, you have restaurants and stuff coming in there and cooking for thousands of people for a couple of days. The Red Cross came in there after the second day and made us all leave. You know, and they said yeah. we wasn't certified because they were taking that shelter over by the state. So we learned our lesson with them. And so people were complaining about the food. They were eating basically beanie weenies and a couple of chicken patties. Wow. So we went up and set up behind Costco, and we had people coming from the Celtic Center behind Costco getting the food from us. And so uh, that's when we learned really, really quick that, you know, we have to just do our own thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was why, to be honest with you, um, when we were talking about having you on, that I really wanted to have you here and, and we could find out what really the Cajun Navy is about. Because it's not just about saving people, which is so important, but it's about the physical and mental and spiritual help of these people. Kind of a holistic this, approach this to a just, disaster. Yes. Yeah. This is just holistic human approach. beings helping other human beings in an honest and genuine and authentic way. And that's amazing to me. We do a lot of um, training missions and stuff, too. We mm -hmm. have our own training, and, of course, sometimes we'll coexist with the government and when they'll do a training. A couple weeks ago, this is kind of interesting, we did a training mission in one of the—I'm not going to really miss the, the parish, but it was that's in okay. one of the parishes in South Louisiana. And um, they asked us to go, to go over there and kind of, you know, monitor what they were doing. They had a gym, and they were doing, you know, the Red Cross was there, GOSEP was there. They had some other agencies there. Um, Animal Society was there, and and everybody they had these actors they call them, where they would have volunteers and they would give them a card, and your card would say, "I've got a broken leg, I'm having chest pains," and so they would they would fill them in their information and they would send them to the area where they had to go. Well, when you do that, you have to use real time. Mm -hmm. So they asked us yep. what we can do to help, and I said, "We'll send the actors. We'll send a lot of actors in there." Mm -hmm. So I just got finished speaking a couple weeks prior to a nursing home. I said, let's get these nursing home people in there. Oh, so we wow. had two buses, 76 people in two buses from two nursing homes in, in South Louisiana. And they came in there. And what do you have in a nursing home? Wheelchairs, people with oxygen masks. That's right. Mm -hmm. So when they pulled up there, the, the government guys there, they got, they got kind of a little perturbed with us. Sure. And I said, hey, you know, you want a real-time thing? I don't need no cards to say this guy needs a wheelchair and he's, you know, heavyset and he needs help. So they kind of got a little perturbed with us, but that's what you got to do. If you well, want to do a training, that's real life. That's real life. It's I mean, not this little card, and you're going it, to. It, that's like going through the McDonald's 
drive through and then saying, please pull up to the next window because you're stopping the clock time and you're showing good numbers. That's all those little cards are. And everybody gets to beat their chest and say, look how good I'm doing here. We saved these many heart attacks. We saved these broken bones and you didn't have real time. You You don't know what you really did. I'll tell you what else we did. I gave, uh, well, off the record, we gave a couple of them a few dollars. This one guy, he was, he was pretty large in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. And I I gave him a few dollars and I said, Hey, sir, I said that, that restroom over there, I said, go over there and start yelling and screaming that the restroom ain't working. So he went over there and he started yelling, hey, the, the can ain't working. It was the most confusion look on everybody's face there. <laughs> and they looked at me and they said, is it real? I said, I don't know. The, the, the poor guy in the wheelchair. And they went over there and it took him about 15 minutes to realize he was lying. But he was, it was part of the, the exercise, sure. you know. So what better way to do an exercise than with real people, mm-hmm. you know, that are really having a problem. And a couple of the people there with the government, bless their souls, you, you, the average age of them, if you added two of them together, you might have got 35. Mm-hmm. You know, and these were guys that were in charge of, of this, you know, sure. situation. So a lot of these people are working off a of school book and textbook things where we're working off of real time. Mm-hmm. You know, you got a shelter in, um, in Hurricane Florence in 2018. We was in Wilmington, North Carolina in this little church. And it was about 50 of us from Louisiana. We brought boats up there and we were rescuing. Needless to say, before we knew it, we got over 200 people in that church. The roof is leaking. There's dogs everywhere. There's animals everywhere. People yelling, people screaming. You know, and we didn't know what to do with them, you know. And so when you look at real time, the government will sit there with a little pen and piece of paper turning people away with dogs and animals and, and stuff like that. And we took care of it, and we saved a lot of lives. And sometimes you got to – rules are made to be broken. Russell Honore told me this many, many times. He says rules are made to be broken. Rules are for normal times, you know. Sure, you're not supposed to speed, but if your wife's pregnant or if you got a broken leg or you're, you're having a heart attack and you speed – you know what I'm saying? It's just part of life, you know? Mm-hmm. So a lot of times we break the law um, or we skirt the law sometimes, but it's always in the, in the, the heart, your heart's lives. in the right place. You're right. trying to save lives. You're doing what you have to do to mitigate a, a disaster. That's correct. Right. Now I did get in trouble one time. I called a high government official in North Carolina, an idiot. I didn't know he was a government <laughs> official, but he was an idiot. Well, did, so didn't general honore too. He, oh, ca- he, he called, he, 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 he called the press a bunch of, he, he told one of those press people, that's a stupid question. I ain't talking to you. No I'll tell you one thing. I got a lot of respect I, for him. Oh, uh, we I was in Wilmington, him. North Carolina, and it was three in the morning in that church going mm-hmm. back to it. We got all these people in there, and I didn't know what to do with them. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the cops didn't know what to do. Law enforcement didn't want to do. Nobody knew what to do. They all looked at me, and I'm like, I'm from Louisiana. I got a duffel bag. I came here two days ago. I called General Honore at 3 in the morning, and I said, General, I said, I've never been in a bind like this before. I said, there's people everywhere. The roof's leaking. He said, damn it, what do you need? I said, I don't know where to bring these people. He says, get them ready. I said, where are you going to bring them? He said, just get them ready. And, and you had to have been in that situation to see all these people. 45 minutes later, he calls me back. He says, get them at the door. It's storming everywhere. The roof's leaking, people crying and everything. They come in these two big military buses. Don't know where they came from. Still don't know. And we got them on in buses and got them out. Wow. So I don't know where he pulled them from or whatever, but, but yeah. there was about 200 uh, all, lives that all night. All it that takes saved. is the right person making the right phone call. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how things work. That, yes. was, that was an impressive figure. He wasn't just amazing. I tell you what, during Katrina, a lot of people don't understand. Um, it was bad. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm not a veteran myself. I can't ever say that I, that I have. You know, a lot of people think United Cajun Navy that we're veterans, and we have a lot of veterans. But um, he told me, he says, he would be honored to say that I served combat with him any time during Katrina. And we saw a lot of stuff. Right. I mean, I can tell you some, we saw a lot of people shot. Um, unfortunately, we were getting shot at a lot. Uh, I remember the second night we came in in an airboat, and uh, they were yelling at us with, with these big spotlights. 
I didn't know what we were doing. I thought we ran over somebody or something. And he, he says, get over here. We had six holes in the rudders of our airboat. Didn't even know it. Wow. So that's when he put snipers basically on all of our boats, you know, at night to, to make sure we were safe. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, where, he's, he's a real deal. Was this like the Ninth Ward area? Or was this, I mean, where was it? Canal, downtown? Canal. Canal? Yes, yeah. Canal was they terrible. Went, I had a place in the French Quarter, and I was living in Florida at the time. And to go check on my place, I had to get a couple of my former police and military friends. We were full body armor in the French Quarter on Canal Street to go check on my place and um, make sure that everything was okay there. We were in full body armor with rifles and everything. We were questioned when they realized who we were. We were let through, but that was a mess. I can it tell you wasn't this just the Ninth Ward wasn't the only bad area. No, it was, it was Canal. It, it, it was Canal. Yeah it was, all, because, yeah, it was all bad. And that's one of the things I think it was Kip Holden at when the Superdome was having its problems. They said, well, we need to borrow your uh, Centriplex. <laughs> I think he, and said, he said, no, no. Way. He said, no. He says, I see what y'all did to yours. This is for my citizens of Baton Rouge right. in Louisiana, in our area. We're not going to destroy it like you destroyed your Superdome. Yes, that's correct. And so he, he, he stood up and told them no, but... That whole area, it wasn't just the Ninth Ward. That was a bad area, obviously. But all of New Orleans was in a bad way. I tell you what, we got we have very limited videos and pictures back then because social media wasn't really around no. during Katrina like, Not it, is like it is now. And I have I have a few pictures or whatever. We have a video out that, that you can go to um, YouTube. It's it's called Legendary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you Google United Cajun Navy Legendary, it brings up a pretty good video. Um, there was pictures of bodies floating and two and three days later, when the water was going down, these bodies were hung up on fences. So we had bodies that were hung up on fences. So we were actually going over fences on top of bodies in a lot mm-hmm. of cases. Um, and it was just a surreal sight. I hope in, in our generation, in our lifetime, I hope I never see that again um, because it was bad. One thing, too, what a lot of people don't understand is New Orleans culture, there's a lot of corner grocery stores and yes. corner stores. A lot of them stay up in 24 hours. Mm-hmm. So people don't have to go to Costco and they don't have to go to Walmart. Or, or It's just in their nature. So when they ran out of food, they didn't get food ahead of time. They didn't stock up for days ahead. So when they were out of food, the stores were closed. They were, and then the looting began. You know, and a lot of times you can't blame somebody when you're in a situation and the store's destroyed and everything around, going there and taking a few things that you need. Mm-hmm. None of us had a problem with any of that. The problem was these guys and, and girls and, and people coming out of these foot lockers and stuff with, with Michael Jordans and Air Jordans with 10 of them on, their, on a thing laughing and cutting up about it. That's when, the, when it really hit the fan down there, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I hope we'll never see that in our lifetime because it's not something that I'd ever want to be no, around again. That, yeah. that, that's that's a mess. that was a terrible time. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I would never want to see that again, ever. Yeah. No. That mm. was that that was we terrible. saw a little bit of that in hurricane harvey in some of the areas um not not to this to the extent but there was some areas in harvey that was pretty bad mm-hmm. um and a couple of us got we didn't get shot at but a couple of our, our volunteers got shot at you know man now now harvey when did harvey hit 2017 okay yeah, that was I, the year I, after uh, the flood okay we, 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 y'all were probably involved heavily with gustav huh gustav gustav in uh was more of a wind event you know, it was more of trees down everywhere, you know. Um, and like I said, everybody thinks of Cajun Navy as boat rescues, but we do so much more. We do a lot of road clearing and, and it, stuff like that. I'm curious, you know, you, you know, you've talked a good bit about, you know, what, what y'all do as far as the kind of the expanded role than just simply going in with boats and rescuing people. Where do you see the Cajun Navy going in the future? That's a great question. That's a very good question. Where um, would you like to see... It kind of 
evolve into. I think what's happening is, and let's get back to social media a minute, there's so many people out there, a lot of storm chasers. And what I see the direction of what we're doing during a disaster is a lot of these storm chasers, they're the ones that want to go get on the front line. Like right now in Cedar Key, that's where Jim Canator and all the storm chasers are going. Right. Because they want to get the eye coming across. They want to get the money shot. So what I see going on is people are wanting to see that action. They're wanting to see that eye coming through, and they're wanting to see the, the, the house get destroyed and the beach get pushed off into the ocean. And what it's doing is it's taking away from some of what we're doing where we're trying to get support for people to give donations and stuff to help people. So a lot of people are giving their money to these storm chasers and stuff, and there's nothing against them. There's definitely a need for that. You know, so we're at we're at a crossroads right now of trying to get involved with some of this storm chasing stuff, but also knowing that it's dangerous. You know, my oh, biggest yeah. fear is somebody I mean, these guys in Cedar Key right now and 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 stuff. They they're uh, I wouldn't uh, be over there. Well, I'm gonna tell you that's a disaster. It's it's good. Mm-hmm. You keep testing nature like that. I think eventually there's going to be a disaster. One of those people going to get killed. Or something to that effect, and Hurricane Sally. A few there's going to be ago. A, there's going to be lawsuits, and there's going to I mean, it's it's going to be bad because yeah, Hurricane Sally a few years ago, we was in uh, Orange Beach over there by Florida, and thank God they had a, a, a three story garage near where we can fall back to. They were expecting six to eight foot of surge, and you know we always go three or four foot above that. I think they had 15, 16 foot of surge, mm-hmm. and if it wouldn't have been a two a garage up there for us to all get in, we'd all be drowned. So that's when I realized. You know, I don't want the money shots. We don't want to get out there and, and show the eye coming through. Let them do that. Right. You know, we're like right now, we're trying to figure out where to stage for Florida because with Florida, especially when you get down into the Big Bend area and further south, all you can go is north-south. You that's can't it. go east and west. Yep. And if you don't make a call, that's something else, too, with the government trusting and us not trusting the government and people not trusting the government. If they tell you to get out and the storm doesn't hit, the next time you're not going to listen. Right. Or if they tell you to get out and you don't get out, you're going to drown. So that's our biggest fear is that we're going to have some storms. And that's happened before, mm-hmm. you know, where people don't trust the government because everybody's saying, that oh, it's going to be Katrina. a Katrina was, yeah. a Katrina was a prime example of that. Right. Huge example of that. What like sort of the, storm surge are they expecting with this storm? Um, around the Big Bend area, um, they're, they're 7 to 13 you know, okay, but that, that when you when you talk about the Big Bend, everybody knows Panama City Destin area. That's the Panhandle, mm-hmm. and as you go further south, there's a bend. It's kind of like a um, an yeah. upside down hole. They call it the Big Bend, mm-hmm. and the way this storm's going, it's pushing all the surge up into that Big Bend and area. It's gonna yeah yeah. And I Tampa Tampa has never taken a direct hit. Mm. A lot of these storms when they go into Tampa, they they skirt it. So what our biggest concern now is with Tampa. If Tampa takes a direct hit, it's it's gone. Yikes. You know, and it don't need to be a four. It can be a, a strong two. Well, like especially with the way this storm is hitting on the northwest side of it, as it rotates in this direction, it's going to take all of Tampa Bay and put it into Tampa. That's correct. And, you know, you're going back to old school in Katrina, even before Katrina, um, a lot of people might remember Nash Roberts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nash Roberts was the old WWL reporter. Yep. He'd bring out his chalkboard. All, and all his he needed was a little marker. <laughs> and, and I learned from him years yep. and years ago because we grew up in the seafood business. And and um, I'll never forget, he would take the radar and he would put a dot in the center of the radar where the eye was and he would move it. And he mm-hmm. could tell you where that storm was going and he was accurate all the time. Yes, he was. The problem is now it looks like a kindergartner sleeping at night that, that with a oh. bunch of crayons. Oh, the spaghetti. Yeah. The spaghetti uh, mean, lines all over the screen was. now. Yeah, and so um, you know when you talk about storm chasers and stuff, you know everybody's working off of these models, and nobody. But, but really if I may interject sense. on that, I think that's part of the control. 
if it was just Nass Rogers and he was right 100% of the time, every time he told you where it went, that's where it went. But you only really scared this many people. But if you open that spaghetti model up, now you can scare a whole bunch more people. Well, I, I, I think it's a control I, issue. I think it, it's like you said, now with the 24-7 news cycle, mm-hmm. where in the past... You had a short window to get the absolute critical information out because outside of that, you were not going to hear it. But now they've got all day, Mm -hmm. all hours of the night. They've got to come in. They've got to create something to get you to look, Mm -hmm. to pay advertising. And I think think that's part of it. I think it's that control. I also wouldn't be surprised if it was like a liability thing because they do the same thing with drugs on television. Like if you take this drug, there's a potential that like – you could have everything go wrong with you, just just in case on the off chance that like someone does have it. It's like, oh, but but, but we warned you though. It's like I feel like it's that thing too. Where it's like we can't but, just uh, say, even though we know, have one with, thing that with, people aren't saying too is there's still the main factor in all of this is the man upstairs. Yes, you know, yep. that's right, the main right, thing. Right. You know, and and you know these models are never really usually right spot on. I mean, they can yeah. come close. But, but look what happened with Hurricane Michael, Hurricane Ian last year. Yep. I mean, it took a big turn at the last minute, and everybody was was panicking. Mm-hmm. Now, tonight, most of these storms hit at night. It's kind of crazy, like Katrina and stuff. A lot of people may be going to bed tonight thinking, oh, it's not going to hit Panama City, or oh, it's not going right. to hit this area. You wake up in the morning, next thing you know, you look outside, trees are down everywhere, right. and you can't go nowhere. You know, mm-hmm. Heaven forbid you wake up well, at 3 o'clock in the morning, and like hell, all I, hell's breaking I, loose. I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> looking at this storm kind of following when it first kind of got spun up and, and all that, I, I'm telling you, that, that dome of high pressure that's <laughs> created a, that heat wave that we've been experiencing yes. for the last 28 days or whatever, Yeah, I think that saved us because just looking at that thing, I'm like... Well, yes, yeah. it's that I high pressure that's I pushed think, that storm I think away that from storm us. wanted to come more to the central gulf. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. it got moved. And if you look at that thing... if. Mass Roberts, going back to him, yeah. I never forget. He's saying you got to put yourself in the mind of a storm. Mm-hmm. And if you look at that storm yesterday morning, it was moving south, <laughs> and then it moved west, and then it moved southeast, and then it came north. It's almost like it was trying to get his his mind together, saying we're going to mm-hmm. go in this direction. So there's always that man upstairs factor, you know. Mm-hmm. But this one here is going to be a it's going to be a tough situation for that that big bend. How but many I, people will y'all mobilize for? Right for? now we have seventy two. Okay. Mobilize. Wow. Um, is that from our area or that's different from all areas? Over, that's from all over the country. Okay. Uh, we have an airboat team coming in from Tennessee, which what you got to understand is it's alligator season right now that just started in the state or is okay. about to start. You know, so these guys aren't going to take their boats and go over there. They want to catch alligators. Right. And that's where they're making you their money. So we've got our airboat teams coming in from Tennessee. Uh, we've got our veterans coming in from uh, home of Louisiana. Mm-hmm. We've got some coming in from Mississippi. We have a lot of people in the panhandle that have boats and airboats and different things, charter boats charter boat guys that are going to be helping uh we have guys flying in from uh the carolinas uh one thing we got to be careful of this storm looks like adelia or idalia however you say it it looks like it's going to be hurricane force winds when it hits georgia even they're talking about it hitting south carolina north carolina and around the wilmington area 12 to 15 inches of rain going back into the atlantic and coming back around and hitting Mm -hmm. florida again like uh, ike did in 2004 yeah i remember that one Mm -hmm. yes but there's, there's even rumors, one of the models, and I mean, of course, getting to the models, it's saying it's going to hit Texas again once it comes back in. Of course, that might be a little far-fetched, but reality is when you start looking at the upper-level the steering currents going up there, yeah. it's actually going to, when it hits that Atlantic, it's going to come back around somewhere. So mm-hmm. it could be hitting the east coast of Florida again next week. Mm-hmm. Crazy. 
Well, wow. if I may say, what if there is uh, if there are people out there that are looking to get involved or want to help out? Is there how could you point them in the right direction to help? You, know, you can contact? go to our website uh, www.unitedcajunnavy.org. Um, Facebook is our main way of getting stuff out. Um, you can go there and send us a message. But if you go to our, our website, um, there's a volunteer. You can sign up to be a volunteer. You can make a donation. Or you can request assistance. We have request assistance forms. That's cool. Um, and a lot of the request assistance forms are people that may have had a tree on their house or they need a step built or sandbags. Um, we do a lot of sandbags, uh, too. Um, right. We did, I think, uh, the last storm we had here a couple years ago, we did almost 100,000 sandbags with volunteers. Um in Florida right now, um, some of the government areas where they're giving sandbags, they have a 10-sandbag limit. You know, What 10 sandbags? sandbags party? Yeah. And 10 so, sandbags ain't going to do your front door. Right. So we'll get a lot of football teams and stuff that come in right, and right. we'll just fill them up. you got to think, too, there's a lot of elderly people out there, husband and wife, or even a lot of women whose husbands have passed away and they need help. Mm-hmm. So we'll go deliver them to them and, and different things like that. So, um, But, yeah, www.unitedcajunnavy.org. Uh, we're always looking for volunteers, and not just during disasters, but year-round. Right. Right now, we get a lot of donations in, believe it or not, of jackets and coats, brand-new stuff. Right. It needs to be sorted and separated and, and, you know, gotten ready for the holidays. We're always one season behind or one season ahead. Right. Come the winter, we'll be getting, you know, shorts and tank tops yeah. and stuff. Well, they're talking know. about this might be a bad winter. Oh, mm-hmm. I saw so You that. might be dealing yeah. with ice and yeah. <laughs> busted pipes. And... I, I even heard one of my meteorologist friends talking about a blizzard coming down yeah, as far I, as us. That's crazy. You know, here it is, 105. Now, that's something else, too. Yeah. These warehouses we have are like ovens. Mm-hmm. You know, they're metal roofs, oh. metal walls. Um, it's 105 outside. It's 130 in the warehouse. <laughs> right. And you put fans in there, and all it does is blow the hot air on you. Mm-hmm. It just makes it a convection oven. Yeah. So, so yeah. we're, really, we're really struggling with volunteers right now. Okay. We get a lot of, of kids. Uh, we get a lot of elderly people, and they just they can't volunteer mm-hmm. you know, yeah. right now. So we're in a bind. We have a lot of donations that need to be sorted, and um, we're just hoping that the weather starts to cool off a little bit in the next 30, yeah. 45 days uh, because we're going to be in a bind with, with donations that aren't, aren't sorted. Right. That's crazy. Well, I appreciate you coming out here and talking about this stuff because it's really it's really awesome to hear and to see that there's people out there that are truly just trying to make a difference and trying trying to help out, even if there are other powers at play that are trying to stop you guys from doing things. It's nice to see that, that you know, despite all that, you're still kind just trying of, kind to help of gives people. you hope for humanity. That, you know, yeah. good and, news and doesn't go as fast as, as bad news. Travels. Of course. You go to the grocery Always. store and the National Enquirer is there, aliens coming in, taking over the world. You know, you don't ever see Cajun Navy rescues people. You just mm-hmm. see the bad news. About I, had a, I had a friend of mine who was a business professor, and he told me this one little story, and I'll share it with you. He said... Um, Good news, good advertisement. If, if you have a customer that comes in that has a positive outlook on your business, that's worth about five to $10,000 in advertising because they're only going to tell people when they have an opportunity to talk about your business. But if you have a customer that comes in that has a bad experience in your business, he said that can be worth fifty to a hundred thousand dollars in advertisement and bad advertisement because they're going to tell everybody mm-hmm. about That's right. it. Right. I think uh, so, back when you go back to the college days of LSU, I mean, I never forget this. Jenny Peters 
everybody knows, a big mm-hmm. runner. I had a speech class, and she was a teacher. And this was before social media. I think this was before flip phones. It's been so long ago. <laughs> Tasha would appreciate that when you're talking about old people. Um, oh, wow. It was something, I, I, I don't remember the exact numbers. I think it was like if you had a bad, uh, if you got a bad hamburger in a restaurant, like, you know, 20-something people would hear about it. And if you had a good experience, maybe three would hear about it. And that was before social media mm-hmm. came out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in, in today's world, you can be ruined with, with one bad complaint over a competitor or something. And it's not fair, but unfortunately, it's just the world today. Mm-hmm. I think it's always been that way. I feel like people always just like to talk bad about stuff. And I like to talk good about stuff. I, I am so excited about this opportunity to sit down with you. And, and, and just one of the things about this podcast is, is people love us because we're very authentic and genuine in our attitudes and our relationships with people. And this was just an, a, an amazing opportunity to sit down with you 20 years after the start of the Cajun yeah, Navy. Right. That's right. And I never would have thought we'd have got to this point. I can tell you that much. See, See, that's, that's, never yeah. would have thought. Uh, I mean, we got our own 18-wheelers. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Know, which is really crazy. And, it, um, it's just amazing to sit and, and, and talk about the ground floor and how it started and, and, and where it's you been a lot of blood, sweat and tears. I can tell yeah. you, it wasn't all good. I mean, you know, I've been a victim of cyber stalking. Um, you know, there's a lot of hate in the world nowadays, mm-hmm. but there's always that one person that you save that comes back years later and says, yeah. thank you. And it makes everything else go away. Right. Right. I get that. That's amazing. Thank Thanks you for coming well, on thank today. You for thank you for me. taking Todd, the time. Thank you for coming, brother. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Well, and, uh, I'm going to be up a while with this coffee y'all gave me. <laughs> and, and, and you're actually, if, if you ever want to put something back out there, you have our numbers. If okay. you ever want to come back yeah. on and have something to discuss, let us know. I'll tell you what, I want to get you in touch with our vice president, Brian Thrasher. You know, mm-hmm. He's more political and he can tell you some stuff. Uh, he, he's, <laughs> ooh, he can tell you some stuff. Uh, and I think with Jim Bob, you're going to love Jim Bob at Redneck Adventures. He, okay. he needs to be on your podcast to interview him because of the stuff that's going on especially like with the kids with these fishing tournaments and stuff mm-hmm. not every kid has the same opportunity we have i was fortunate to grow up with a grandfather and a father that, that taught us fishing and took us fishing all the time kids nowadays don't have that opportunity right you know and so mm-hmm. uh, there was a fishing tournament a, a few months ago up in vidalia in natchez area where there was uh, over a half a million dollars in scholarships raised by kids fishing wow. from the bank Wow. That's incredible. That's so Jim Bob would be a really good one for okay. y'all to have. We'd love to have him. Interesting. Yeah. But if you want to come back on, this is an open invite. Let yeah. us know. And We might uh, have to come back on after this week over there in Florida. There's no telling. I, I would love, yeah. You know, yeah. actually, you know, I'd love a follow-up. That would be a great follow-up, yeah. I think. Yeah. I'll tell you with, what, with we, got the, a, we got a storm coming behind this one, too. A lot of people yep. don't understand. There's going to be a tail off of this storm that's going to come off of it. We, we're going to have one in the Gulf next week, too. I, mm. I would like a follow-up on the Florida and the Maui stuff. If, okay. if you could get some stuff together that would be an amazing follow-up to this um right. because that's good information yes, people need is. to know that yeah, mm-hmm. people need to know what's going on and then in this world of instant gratification and instant news and instant information i, I think that would be impressive yeah. if you if you i know you're busy you've had you got six phones on the table and they all <laughs> been going off at the I, same no time be, yeah, and yeah, uh yeah. you know if you could find the time to join us again i think that would be fantastic that's cnn blowing me up on one of the phones Uh-oh. i mean and, hey look <laughs> donald trump said it best there's no there's no uh there's no such thing as bad publicity when you're doing the right thing that's, that's right. right that's right, right. As long as we're right. not caught with a live boy or a dead girl we good oh. okay well um <laughs> So basically, if, I've anybody, heard that. if anybody's looking to reach out to us, we do have a Facebook page forward slash retrospect pod where you can go ahead and uh, give us your comments or suggestions for shows. Or if you have a more lengthy 
um, uh, a question or response that you want to give us, we have an email at getoffendedtogether at gmail.com. Uh, but anyways, until next week, thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. Goodbye, everyone. God bless. Thank y'all. You're the best. Peace. Peace.